Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hello, welcome to Jewel Says. I'm Julie Jewels. If you have anything you would like to share with me, you can email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. J-E-W-E-L-S says at gmail.com. Okay, I know that you probably don't want to hear about someone's dream. It, it can be boring. But I thought this one was really good. You know how you have a dream and you're not sure of the details and you wake up, but you have a very powerful emotional reaction from the dream? Well, the other night, I actually remembered the details. I woke up angry with Abe. In the moment, I knew that it was from the dream, so I had to calm down. So here's what happened. Chelsea Handler was visiting us. I don't know why. I've never met her, but she was there. The three of us were just having a couple of drinks. And Chelsea says to Abe, you know, you should really just start dating. And I'm like, what? And then she says, yeah, I signed you up for a dating app. I think you're really going to like it. And then the next thing I know, there's a laptop on the table and all of a sudden, all these videos from women trying to hook up with Abe start coming up. And I was so annoyed. And I'm like, what the hell, Abe? And he's like, well, I, I guess. He didn't seem to be opposed to the idea in the dream. And then there was a button around the middle of the screen. It didn't have a, an icon. It was just the words sweatpants. <laughs> and... So I went over and I clicked sweatpants and I can only imagine that in my subconscious that meant, oh, I'm not camera ready. But the sweatpants button actually stopped all the videos coming in from the other women. So in the meantime, I'm saying to Abe, "What is this what you want? What's going on? And then all of a sudden, another video pops up of a woman who's pretty much almost naked, rubbing herself. And I said, 
Abe, what the hell? And he's he had clearly unchecked the sweatpants setting. <laughs> and I went and clicked sweatpants again. I mean, I'm a little territorial, you know. And the next thing I know, the doorbell rings. And I go and open the door. And there's this woman who had just been in the video. And I looked at Abe. I'm like, did you invite her over? But the thing is, she obviously had a lot of filters on in the video because she really looked rough and messed up at the door. And Abe was sitting there going, uh, uh. And I said, well, here she is, Abe. Go on. Go on your date, Abe. And then I woke up. And I was really angry with Abe, but I got over it. I just thought that was a really funny dream. And I thought it was interesting, the level of detail that I recalled, because that doesn't usually happen. Anyway, I just had to share that stupid dream. Well, Father's Day is this coming Sunday. Happy Father's Day to all the dads, stepdads, granddads who play a positive role in a child's life. I would also like to wish a big fuck you to the ones who abuse their partners or abuse or neglect their children, but they're not listening to Jules Says, so if you know any of them, feel free to pass it on. No, actually don't. Those are the ones who are dangerous. Best not to poke the beast. Sometimes, I admit, I devote some of my podcast to commenting on something from Catherine's podcast, so forgive me for going there again. And if you have not heard Telling Everybody Everything, I think you should try it, because it's fantastic. Anyway, ugh, it seems that some women have been dumping on Catherine for being the primary breadwinner of the family, saying she's somehow setting a bad example as a bad feminist. <sighs> Holy shit. What could be more feminist than being the primary breadwinner for your family? The whole point is choice, egalitarian partnership for those who choose to have a partner, sustainable independence for those who choose to remain unpartnered, choice, choice for you, choice for me, choice for everyone. Do you have any idea how many times when my children were little that my friends and I used to say how much we wished we had a wife? What we actually meant was we wanted a partner who would help care for the household and children, as well as earn money, because none of us made enough to actually carry the load that way, even though we spent 40 to 60 hours a week also trying to earn a living. But because of societal standards and expectations, we conflated a true partner with a quote-unquote wife, which is ridiculous. I used to always say, even in the 80s, I used to say that women will not be truly equal in the workplace until men are equal at home. And I know it's changing. Thank goodness. And I also know that maybe most men don't want to be the primary caregiver or a house spouse. But if they do want to and they're willing to do it, it is a gift to the family every bit as much as if a woman does it. They deserve respect for their contribution to the family, their contribution to the partnership. I personally would have been terrified to be financially dependent on someone. I would not have been able to trust it. I would have felt vulnerable. I would have worried about being taken for granted, undervalued, abused, not entitled to anything. 
Now, I wonder where on earth I got those ideas. Maybe because society, by and large, at that time, and still to a great extent, society values earning money over providing all the services necessary to enable a person to earn money. I used to bristle when I'd read an article praising some hardworking executive. Oh, he works so hard. He works at least 60 hours a week. Really? Good for him. Because back in the day, I can assure you, in most cases, when that guy went home, his house was taken care of, his children were taken care of, food was put in front of him, he opened his drawers or closet or armoire or whatever he had, and he pulled out clean clothes without a second thought as to how that happened. And if he didn't see what he was looking for on the top of the pile, he asked his wife where it was, even if his wife was also working a 60-hour week. And I'm happy that that just doesn't fly anymore in more cases than used to be. Even wealthy people who have help have to manage the help. That takes time. I paid for childcare. I did when I was working. But I had to make all the arrangements, do the interviews, figure out who I was going to get, make sure it happened. And I had to show up after work at the end of the day, arrange for an alternative or take time off if my babysitter couldn't make it for some reason. I did not have the freedom to just go to the pub after work with friends like some people I knew. So I will say it again, taking on the role of house spouse is a gift to the family. And I'm not talking about someone who's too lazy to work. That's a different thing. There are those people who expect another adult to financially support them while they contribute nothing or very little to the partnership. It's hard to respect any adult who sits at home all day getting high and playing video games or just contributes nothing to the household and entertains themselves, male or female. There has to be a balance. Please let's not emasculate perfectly lovely men for not earning more than their partners earn. It's archaic. It's irrational. It's chimp empire. Chimp empire? What is chimp empire, you might ask? Why, it is a fascinating four-part Netflix series. First of all, I would really like to know how they get all that footage. I do. That is so impressive. The amount of footage that they had to wade through to edit it together, it was extraordinary. Talk about reality TV. This series follows a central chimp community in an African jungle. And of course, we know that natural habitats are at risk everywhere. And this chimp jungle is no exception. And maybe the point of the series was to illustrate how important the habitat is to the chimp communities. But I gotta say, my main takeaway from this series was that male chimps are assholes. Some of them remind me of some human men. Not all, obviously, thank God, not all. But some. Does alpha male domination and aggression work for us any better than the chimps? I suppose it works in the jungle. Chimps have been around for a long time. But it just seems to me that they'd be better off if they just, if they democratized a bit and shared. The eerie thing about this for me was the parallels to some human behavior. Warring for territory, exacting violent revenge if they're wronged or even slighted, random displays of feats of strength, 
Sometimes these guys will just grab giant branches and run around like a bunch of crazed beasts. Well, they are beasts. They run around scaring the shit out of everyone with no purpose other than to demonstrate their physical strength. Sound familiar? Ever heard of humans acting in a similar way? Have you ever seen it yourself? Seen it in the news? And it happens within small communities, as in some families. The family is a very small community. The dominant male who reacts violently if anyone crosses him or questions his authority over the rest of the family. It happens in larger communities, gangs, cities, businesses, politics, countries. I will invade your territory with forceful violence to get what I want. Ugh, this is how chimps manage things. I would hope that rational, analytical human beings with critical thinking ability would do better, but sadly, it seems that some do not. As with humans in chimp society, it seems that this largely serves pretty much no one but the alpha males. The female chimps often try to stay out of the way to protect their babies. The non-alpha male chimps' success, or lack thereof, relies on their relationships within the alpha male chimp hierarchy. And as with human societal structures, the hierarchical social and economic structures, economics in the jungle, of course, being food, predominantly serve the few at the top, with the rest of us having to settle for whatever is left and scrapping to try to improve their own status in the hierarchy. As with humans, there's a downside to being top chimp. You can never show vulnerability if the chief chimp is injured. Rather than receiving community comfort and care, he slinks off to die slowly alone. Horrible because he can't show any signs of weakness. He has to fake it to his own detriment. Wouldn't we all be better off if we could just accept care and attention when we need it, whether that's physical or emotional? I think there's strength in vulnerability. Don't you think the chimps would be better off if they got together with the neighboring chimps and agreed to share the resources? One of the things I found strange was that even when they had plenty of food, or actually, especially when they had plenty of food, they were more likely to go rampaging about looking for monkeys or other animals to kill for meat, which kind of surprised me. I would have thought they'd be more likely to hunt when food was scarce, but no. Maybe because they feel strong enough to hunt when they're full. I don't know. Maybe they have more energy. But it seems like There are people who equate meat-eating with masculinity, and I just thought, oh, kind of reminds me of these chimps. Because whether or how much meat you actually get depends on your status. Sound familiar? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. 
With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I was at a meeting last week when a top-level executive, let's call him Bob, started berating people because something hadn't been done. Now, he wasn't wrong about the thing that hadn't been done, but the tone of this meeting was just really uncomfortable. At one point, he said, I'm mad because blah, 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 blah. And I thought, huh, yeah, women are too emotional for positions of responsibility, are they? But you're mad because something didn't happen the way you thought it should be. And then one of the guys, let's call him Buddy, was kind of on the hot seat at that moment. But he was nervous. He was clearly intimidated by Bob. And so he just started rambling and trying not to blame someone else. But then the thing was actually something I was involved in after the fact. It wasn't my actual responsibility. And and it so happened that he had ignored my repeated attempts to let them know what the status was and my proposed solution. I sat in this meeting waiting for someone to offer information on why we had the issue, if that even mattered, or how they intended to solve it. This wasn't my project, and it wasn't my team. I was just there because I had been doing some very specific things for them. My involvement had only been on an as-needed basis, but nobody offered any information all all I heard from Buddy was word salad and then from Bob berating. A bit chimpy, if you ask me. So I sat there. I mean, thankfully it was I wasn't there in person. It was it, it was a virtual call. But even so, I felt this rush of anxiety about this whole dynamic, even though Bob wasn't berating me specifically. And then I felt really annoyed when Buddy claimed that he had just found out about the issue the day before. Huh, really? I didn't say this, but I thought to myself, yeah, teach you to ignore my help. I let you know two weeks ago. So I sat there trying to say nothing, but I couldn't take it any longer. Finally, I unmuted and said, we have a plan to address the issue. We'll handle it tomorrow. The current state was intended to be an interim solution, but it hadn't occurred to Buddy to say that. And before this meeting, I actually had no idea that this was such a critically important detail. But oh well. Then another issue was raised. Of course, Bob berated and Buddy defended himself against the criticism by saying someone else didn't know how to do something. And I was like, oh, shit. No, you don't. So I jumped in again. Buddy, may I suggest that you and I take this offline and solve it right after this meeting? More berating. Berate, berate, berate. More word salad. <laughs> than me again. Is this urgent tonight? Does this have to happen tonight? Yes. No problem. Let's get approval to give you the elevated access. You and I can sort this out after this meeting. Chuck, would you please email me your approval to give Buddy whatever access he needs to do this, and we'll just get it done. Ugh. 
After the meeting, old buddy boy took his sweet time getting in touch with me, so I had to harangue him to do the thing that he was getting shit for not having sorted out. Why don't you just cooperate and let me help you? Another example of an alpha male throwing his weight around. But I don't think it was constructive. Buddy was too nervous to articulate a coherent response, and at no point did Bob the berater ask what the issue was or how Buddy planned to resolve it. He just was, I'm mad, this was supposed to be done four months ago, blah, 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 blah. I think it would have been more constructive to ask what is being done to resolve the issue. And if they didn't know what to do, what can we do to help you resolve the issue? Uh, To me, berating people is just not constructive. I certainly don't function at optimal cognitive levels when someone is berating me or when I'm seeing someone else being berated. It just fills me with anxiety. So I just made an executive decision for myself that I'm not attending any of those meetings again. I don't need it. The chimp management style gives me anxiety. And then there are people who equate that with masculinity. They bemoan the decline of masculinity, which is really unfortunate. Masculinity is still evolving from its original chimp state, and that's a good thing. The American Psychological Association published guidelines, I think in 2019, that refer to traditional masculinity, which they say is marked by stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression. They refer to it as harmful. But those attributes, I think, other than maybe domination, are not necessarily harmful in the right context. Competitiveness is natural and necessary, not just for men, but for everyone. I suppose a certain amount of aggression goes hand-in-hand with competitiveness. In the right context, some aggression can be necessary and appreciated, but not when it's used to dominate. And what is stoicism? Stoicism, I think is really about keeping cool under pressure, exercising restraint in the moment. Don't we all think more clearly when we can keep cool? Sure, stoicism to the point of punching down or denying all your feelings is a problem, and for too long that was expected of boys and men, which I think is toxic. It's not fair and it's not healthy. But I would have appreciated a modicum of stoicism from Bob the Berater And he was by no means the worst I've seen, not by a long shot. And that's in an office environment. Rudyard Kipling's poem, If, beautifully expresses this restraint, which serves us all well and is worthy of respect, regardless of gender. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs. Mm Mm-hmm. Makes sense. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowance for their doubting too. I'm going to share a link to the poem. Maybe someone will turn it into a rap. That would be good. And I know that, I mean, we're a society. We do need some sort of order. We need, without any laws or rules or standards, we might have complete chaos. We need some sort of order. But isn't it possible for people in power to lead without domination? I recently read about one example of an organization which has been working and succeeding at reducing violence in their community. 
It's called Brownsville In, Violence Out. It's in Brooklyn, run by Dushaun Almond, also known as Bigga. He is a big guy. Brownsville In, Violence Out follows the evidence-based public health cure violence model, which I didn't even know existed. They work with young people, their families, friends, and community to prevent gun violence. And they don't do this with excessive aggression. They don't do it with domination. But by providing a variety of supportive services, including conflict mediation, things like job training, they help them find employment, and they help connect them sometimes with other support services. One of the things they do is several times a year, workers from Brownsville in Violence Out, stand watch over two blocks for a few days. And during this time, police channel all 911 calls to these civilian patrols who work to defuse situations. Plainclothes police officers only step in if there's a major incident. The civilians have no arrest powers, yet they have persuaded people to turn in guns, They've prevented shoplifting, major robberies, uh, domestic disputes from escalating to physical violence. They're connected with an organization called Brownsville Safety Alliance, and that group includes neighborhood and city groups, police officers, and members of the local district attorney's office that is trying to prevent arresting people. I like to hear that a DA office is trying to prevent arresting people. We've all seen the videos. Arrests can be violent. They can escalate rage and frustration, not just for the people being arrested, but the whole community. They risk injury, and they risk ruining a person's life. Sure, there are times when arrest is warranted, but isn't it better for everyone to de-escalate a situation if you can and help refer people to organizations that can help them? And the people who run this safety alliance understand that sometimes you really just need credibility to keep the peace. And Mr. Almond has that credibility. He lives in the community. He was a former gang member who spent 13 years in prison. People know him, and they know he understands their challenges, and they respect him. He's also known for his calm, straightforward approach in dealing with problems. Stoicism. One guy... The day after Mr. Almond convinced him to hand over his gun, came back the next day, offered to volunteer, and on his first day, he broke up three fights. I mean, that's a win. If you can prevent someone from perpetrating a crime and then taking it a step further and offering to volunteer, I think that's great. And according to a New York Times article about this alliance, in the first half of this year, Homicides in that precinct fell by 50%. Shootings fell 25%. Car thefts fell. It didn't say the percentage. But even though car thefts were increasing in neighboring areas, they fell in this area. I love reading stories like that. It gives me hope and assurance that even though the world sometimes seems like a dumpster fire, well, these last couple of weeks... Many parts of Canada have been on actual fire, but people can make a difference. Anytime I walk down the street and I look at people and I think, you were someone's baby. Oh my God. These people who struggle 
we're somebody's baby. And there are so many examples where demonstrating restraint under pressure is not weak. It doesn't mean you're backing down. It's a hallmark of strength. Whereas I think domination is just nasty and counterproductive. And it seems to me that the whole world would be a lot better off if we didn't have a bunch of power-hungry alpha male chimps running the world. But evolution is never linear, and it takes time. And as the brilliant Tim Minchin sings in his song, Confessions, at the end of the day, maybe we are just monkeys in shoes. Or rather, chimps. Thank you for listening. I hope all you lovely dads are doing something wonderful for Father's Day. We'll see you next week. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.